This is the Cattails Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 3, Episode 8. How to write in different ways and styles. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Cattails Podcast. How are you doing? How's your day going so far? Hopefully I can give you a nice 20 minutes where you can learn something, relax, enjoy yourself and just have a nice part of your day. So before we get started, I would like to say a massive thank you as always to our sponsor for the Catalyst podcast, the Masterclass Sessions. So if you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass Session. We're going to be with Lord LinkedIn himself, Mr. Peter Collins. I'll be there. Peter can help you with your LinkedIn profile. Very important if you're in business. I've worked with Peter. He's fantastic. And also if you send a quick email to michael at catalyst.co.uk. And just say something you enjoy from today's episode. You can get put into our monthly draw where you can win a subscription to 12 months to the Masterclass Sessions for free. So you can learn from the best people in the world for free. So thanks, Steve. That's a very generous offer. So thank you very much. So in the last episode, we talked about writing. Do you remember that? And it was hopefully helpful for you in saying, this is how I wrote my book. This is my story. I'm not really special. Here's what I did. Learn from my mistakes and how you can write your own. And we looked at five different ways you can you can write. So I'd like to follow on with that today to give you some more kind of guidance, I guess, and advice and tips um, on different things you can write, different ways you can write, different styles, different um, and end results of your writing. Um, and then also think about well, why should you bother? You know, what are the benefits? How is it going to help somebody else or how is it going to help you? So the first thing I would definitely recommend is checking out this book. It's actually a, uh, an educational program. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. So what it is, is it's a book, but it's also like a program you can follow. And it's 10 weeks. And it's very, very useful if you're doing anything creative, writing, drawing, painting, sculpting. And it helps to kind of get rid of kind of a lot of the stigma about being an artist. And I definitely struggle with this because over the years, I did lots of forms of different art. I made things with my hands. I had a um, I had an allotment, I created a pizza oven, I, uh, I was a martial artist for 12 years, I've been a musical artist for 25 years, I write now, I do painting, so I am an artist, I do lots of different ways of making art, but I don't know about you, but there's a lot of kind of stigma attached to it, we think we have to, I don't know, almost suffer for our art, we think artists are a certain way, we think we can't make money making art and doing things, we're far too hard on ourselves when we create something, nobody's going to like this. And the program will hopefully help you to just drop all that. And it really, really reaffirmed me. Like I always say, a writer writes. She's the same thing with art. She says, if you make art, you're an artist. And you can be a happy artist, a balanced artist, a rich artist, a successful artist, an artist who does all sorts of other things. You just make art. So make sure if you want a bit of confidence um, in making your art or your writing that you check out The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, Cameron. Because one of the best things, it really helped me and this was years and years ago when I reconnected with my art as well as writing was to just give yourself permission. There was a really good example I found on the internet of a woman and she was an artist, but she was far too hard on herself. So imagine this in your writing. This stops a lot of people. You say, well, what if I don't write something good straight away? So she used to write at the start of every sketchbook. And maybe you might want to do this at the start of your writing books. I give myself permission to just turn up on the page and do some stuff. I found that really helpful, especially for my paintings that I do. I'm far too hard on myself. And I said, well, I'm just going to paint some stuff. If it's good, great. If it's not, great. 
I just give myself permission to turn up on the page and see what happens. So hopefully that little phrase can unlock maybe if you're holding back a bit. You say, oh, yeah, I just give myself permission to see what happens. Because one of the best practices it talks about is, like I said in the last episode, just writing every day. Now, she recommends you write uh, three pages in like long, long hand. And I changed it a bit to be, uh, for me, I do 10 minutes every day on my phone. So the point is, it, it just helps you to kind of get into that practice of making art and writing every day. So definitely check it out. It's hopefully helpful. All right. I would like to show you five different ways that you can write. So you might be hopefully on board and I think, yeah, yeah, Mike, I like that. Um, you know, I want to do that. But, you know, you haven't studied writing past maybe high school or you haven't written anything in years, if ever. What can you actually do? What are the formats? Do you just write a bunch of words? Well, first one, you can write blogs. So blogs and articles, they're kind of interchangeable, but a blog, there are lots of different blogs out there and ways of blogging, but what it basically means is you have a regular page where you write blogs or articles, um, and it's all in one place and people can come back to it and regularly see. So as opposed to say an article or a one-off, you just, you know, you create something that just lives somewhere. This is a regular thing and you get people that are bloggers and this is their career and they blog on all sorts of different things. So... It's a, it's a, to be a blogger and to blog is like a verb as well as a noun. Basically, it just means writing about stuff you know about. So you could have business blogs. Um, you'll see a lot of business blogs are very kind of, how can I describe it? Analytical. They're written, you know, five ways to improve your SEO, that kind of thing. That might be really good for you. You might have a lot of value you can give to that. Some people are completely different. They do it for personal reasons. They blog about mental health or they might love baking and they do reviews of the latest bakery. The cool thing about blogs is you can really personalize it to you and I guarantee you that whatever you write about, there'll be someone interested in it. If you want to write about Star Trek and do a blog, there are many out there, people that will love you. If you want to write about ducks, you do that, right? If you've got a thing where you love writing about admin and business admin, somebody, thousands of people are going to love reading that. So I that was one of my first things I started reaching out. I just did like personal blogs. And it's quite cool because this was years and years ago and I was like, oh, somebody, you can track the analytics of it. If you write it in WordPress, just Google WordPress blogs, you can see like what countries somebody's read it in and sometimes people leave comments. To be honest, I didn't get a lot of comments. <laughs> That's not why I did it. I just did it to, um, to try that style. Now my blogs are pretty long. I like to write good, long, I call them my, uh, my love letters to my clients, you know. I like to write really, you know, deep stuff and write for like about three, four hours. And when I put out a blog, usually about once or twice a month for my business, Catahorse, it's I've really given it a lot of thought, you know. But it doesn't have to be that. Mine are actually quite countercultural. A lot of blogs are pretty short, short, snappy, to the point. So it doesn't really matter what it is that you write, but blogging is one way you can do that. So I don't suggest you start by trying to write a blog, you know, like fit it, squeeze it into a box and be a blog writer. Just know that what you write could be put into a blog. That's a better way of thinking about it. It's like learning how to cook, right? If, you, if you're a really good cook, you can cook all sorts of different recipes. So that's one thing you can do. You can do, you can write blogs. Second one is you can write poetry, right? I did a poetry module at a university and it was really, really helpful because I realized that most of the poems I wrote were rubbish <laughs> and they needed a lot of work. I had Professor Anthony Chandler, who's very good. And he sat us all down and said, right, you might be good creative writers, but it doesn't mean you're good at poetry and most of what you write, the first draft will be rubbish. You need to redraft it and keep working on it. It's really good advice actually. And I ended up writing a poetry collection for that module and getting you know first class in it because I really grafted and it was like the seventh draft of my poem was what I turned in rather than first, you know. 
a lot of people, they write poems and just do stream of consciousness. They'll just write something and never really come back to it and craft it, whereas I'd suggest you do. So there's lots of different ways of writing poems. You can write poems that rhyme, poems that don't. Easy way of doing it. You can write a poem where every second or third line rhymes. So say you wrote four lines, you could have the first and second line rhyme, and then the third and fourth line rhyme, or first and third, second and fourth. Just Google poems and rhyming poems and rhyming couplets. There's all sorts you can do. Poems are good because they can be really random <laughs> and about anything. They don't have to involve grammar. You don't have to worry about commas and punctuation, full stops, anything like that. You can just say, I'm going to write a poem about a pair of trainers. And you do it. And there's no right or wrong with it. Sometimes with blogs, what stops people is they say, oh, what if it gets out of date? Or what if I make a mistake and somebody comments on it? You're not really going to get that with poetry because who's to say if it's right or wrong? You know, poems are really personal. And by the way, there's no need or compulsion to share any of this. I didn't start sharing my writing until I had a business. I wrote for years and years and years and never shared it with anybody. So there's no compulsion to share any of this, by the way. And if you want to keep your poems private, do so. The third one is creative writing just in general. Again, creative writing is taught and talked about really badly. <laughs> People think, oh, creative writing just means like, you know, write some whatever you want and it's all creative. Not really. I'd use it as a generic term to say things that aren't necessarily in a certain form, meaning it's not a book, it's not a blog, it's not, a, you know, um, a poem. It's just a piece of writing about something. So here's one you can try. Try this. I love doing this. So when I do my writing and I set my timer, if I get really stuck, I go back to something I've called the lift scenario. So you just take two random people, either people you know from your life or people from, you know, popular culture. And just imagine they're in a lift together. And you stick them together and see what they'd say and just use your imagination. So I remember doing one with Thor, you know, Batman. Batman be like, why are you in my lift? And Thor would be like, who are you, mortal? And, you know, you get the idea and they just have a bit of banter back and forth, Batman against Thor. And I just ended writing, writing that five, ten minutes about that scenario. It's just using it as a, as a starting point. Your imagination takes over. It's so fun. Try and make them to the most random people that would never get in a lift together, you know, in an enclosed space, having to make small talk for five minutes. So try that as a, as a form of creative writing. Just take two people and put them in a lift and see, see what happens. Another one you can use uh, to stimulate creative writing. Take a shape, I don't know, a triangle, and a colour, say green, and just start from there. Just close your eyes and think of the green triangle and just take it from there. Your mind will go off on all sorts and just write it down. Creative writing... That's more kind of like going to the gym, right? As opposed to performing in a powerlifting competition or a marathon. Creative writing is just about exactly that, exercising your creativity. Sometimes it's called stream of consciousness. You just write what's in your head. Be careful with that because you can write a lot of rubbish. Whereas creative writing has a bit more form to it. So, right, I'm going to put two characters in lift or I'm going to start with a colour and a, and a number or a shape and take it from there. So creative writing is cool. Just practice in little creative writing bits. Fourth type is if you're a lot more practical and a lot more hands-on and like, you know, you like to share knowledge. You can do how-to guides. You can make them in PDFs or you can write them separately and put them into PDFs. How-to guides are really helpful. A lot of blogs um, and a lot of people's businesses actually involve a, a big aspect of how-to. Here's um, another really, really good book you might want to check out. It's called They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. And I read it, it was brilliant. And it's about how this guy made millions and millions and he did it because he had a pool hiring business. So people would either buy or hire swimming pools, um, pools for the back garden. And he realized that people had a lot of questions about it. So they Google like, what's the best material? What's the price range? How much should I spend? How do I look after it? 
And he realized they had all these questions. So from a marketing point of view, if you answer their questions, you show up on Google, you're seen as the authority. And how-to guides kind of like that. Think about it. I don't know. You could have a, a VA business and you do a how-to guide on how to pick a really good virtual assistant. Or you could say, I don't know, I'm a plumber and I'm going to make a how-to guide um, on how to know when you actually need to call me up or whether you can sort it out yourself. Or you might say, I'm an accountant and I'm going to make a how-to guide on when you need to contact your accountant or when you can do it yourself or make a how-to guide on all 10 things you need to know before you even start trying to file your tax return, something like that. How-to guides are really cool. Think about when you were a child at school. Chances are you probably learned how to make a jam sandwich, right? Especially if you lived in England. Uh, you do kind of, by age seven, you do how-tos and you write those little kind of how-tos. It's like step one, do this, step two. It's a type of writing, you know, it's not the same as a blog. It's not the same as a podcast or a, um, something like that. It's a form of writing where you go, right, step one, step two, step three. It's chron um, chronology, chronological order. That's what it's about. How to guys with the best ones, they're done in order. So stick them in numbers, step one, step two, do this, do this, don't do this. They're really cool. I've made a how-to guide recently for Katos on uh, mental health. So if you want to copy that, just reach out, send me an email. You know, it's how-to guides. It's not about telling people what to do. It's like how to actually do it, you know? So that's something you can do. And then the fifth one is just a journal. Again, a journal or diary. Are they the same thing? Maybe. Depends on where you live in the world. I had no interest whatsoever in keeping a diary or a journal up until I had a breakdown years ago. I had no interest whatsoever. I was thinking, what's the point? You know, recording things that happened and my thoughts about things. Is anybody ever going to read it? Am I going to read it? What's the point? You know, why am I doing this? But if you remember the last podcast episode, I was telling you I had CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and it was really helpful because writing is a form of slowing down your thinking and crystallizing what's going on in your head. The time it takes, even just on your phone or a digital device to actually input it is a lot slower than you thought. Think about it. You can think a million miles an hour, can't you? But to actually write a word takes a few seconds. So I started it as a gratitude journal, and I still call it my gratitude journal. So I'll tell you exactly what I do, and if you want to do that, try that. Start by just writing three things you're grateful for. So every day, three things, either in a, in a um, notepad or a book or on your phone, whatever. Three things. Today I'm grateful for my family, my health, and a nice dinner. <laughs> and you just do that every day so you get the hang of it. The next level I would add to that, if you think, I'm already doing that, it's a bit easy. List... Um, three things that you enjoyed. Oh, I really enjoyed my workout at the gym. I really enjoyed talking to that person on that Zoom link. I really enjoyed a nice moment where I just talked to a stranger in the street. So cool. So you're building gratitude and you're also reflecting on things you enjoyed. Third one is you put three things that were a success for you. Now I learned this from my coach, Chris. He said, it can, success can be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be you made a healthy lunch and you, you ate it. You didn't shout at your child. You went to visit someone who's sick in hospital. You landed a new client. It doesn't have to be a big thing. The point is you're reflecting on success and that makes you think about how you can have more of it. So every single day I do that, I do the great gratitude, the enjoyment and the success. The next level you can add, especially if you're on a digital device, is you can add a picture. So the picture from that day, you know, and it's something that summarizes that day for you. It's so cool to go back to like week 17 of three years ago and just see what picture I chose or what's going on. That's the beauty of doing it online, you know. Or you could just draw a little quick thing. And then the final thing is I um, I have like thoughts from the day or something deeper. So if something deeper is really pulling at me, I write it down, you know. 
so that's my journal and that's the format it takes. And those, those deeper thoughts, thoughts from the day, sometimes there's nothing. Sometimes there's a heck of a lot. It doesn't really matter what it is. Um, the point is every day I'm, I'm practicing the gratitude in a written form, enjoyment in a written form, success in a written form. I'm looking at a picture that represents that day and I'm writing some of my deeper thoughts. That is what I've done. And that's a really cool, is it creative writing? Maybe. That's a really cool basis for your writing. You can then take off to shoot into Oh, those thoughts, I could turn that into a, a blog. Or those thoughts, I could turn that into a little funny th scenario. Or those thoughts, I could turn into a poem. Or those thoughts, I could turn into a how-to guide. You see what I'm, what I'm doing here? The journaling, the fifth one, is like a base level of writing. Like being a chef, you know, learning how to do the basic sources and the basic skills. You can then take it and do whatever you want with it. So let's get into the benefits of writing. You know, why should you actually do it? Oh, and before we do that, I want to give you one really good piece of advice, not from me, but from the incredible fiction writer Stephen King. So if you've never read Stephen King, check him out. There's a brilliant book he wrote called Bleak House. He wrote with somebody else, I think it's Peter Straub. And it was this like thriller detective horror thing. I don't really go for stuff like that normally, but it was so good. Make sure you read it if you want a really good book. And I've really struggled with this earlier on when I was writing, not so much now, because the more you do something, the easier it gets. He has a really good piece of advice for when you've just finished writing something. So you've just finished a blog, you've just finished writing a poem, you've just written, finished your first book or an article, how-to guide. You think it's amazing. You want to show it to everybody. You want to publish it online. You want to, hang on. He calls it killing your darlings. So think about that piece of something you've written. It's like your darling. You know, he's like, kill it. Put it in a drawer. Don't look at it for like a month. The reason he says that is it distances you from it. If it's still good, it'll be good in a month. Now, a month's a long time, right? I'd say give it a day or two, but it, I really recommend that. Once you've written something, leave it. Leave it, leave it, leave it for a day or two or three before you go back to it. Because if you go back to it, you're either going to go back to it and go, that's still brilliant, or, oh, no, that needs some serious work, you know, before you show it to somebody else to try and take the next stage. So kill your darlings. Really good piece of advice. Benefits of writing. Why should you bother? Well, First thing is, one of the best ways you can improve the world is through your writing. So how does a blog improve the world? Well, you can make people feel good. Sometimes that's all they want. They want to read a blog about something they're interested in, and they're like, I feel good now, I've read that. Your poems can give deeper insights into the human condition. Poetry and art can do that in a way that a blog maybe can't. So you can help people to understand the world better. Creative writing can be a lot of fun. It can be very entertaining for people. I think of people like Jim Carrey, the actor. Some of his earlier films are hilarious, right? So he, his form of creativity just made me laugh and it really entertained me. The how-tos, you're passing on knowledge. And you can actually generally be seen as an authority. Like Marcus Sheridan, he says, where are people going to get their information? It's really good if you run a business. Make them come to you. You are the educator, you're the authority. So there's that as well. Another one is it can add a level of credibility to what you do, especially if you're in a business. If you know something so well that you write really good content about it, people will come to you and ask you questions. It's really, really good. And then kind of um, more generally, you can educate people. You can motivate people, we said. You can inspire people. But you can leave a bit of a legacy. You can leave something behind. Everything that you leave behind, especially online, is there forever. If you create a book, it's there forever, you know. You can be this authority, you can be this credibility source for your clients and for other people. You're basically creating something that's not you. And I've talked about business and I say one of the best definitions for me is if I can give you value and I'm not in the room, that's cool. Writing is one of the best ways you can do that, right? So hopefully that's helpful for you and it's helped you to understand 
some of the benefits as well, you know, some of the goodies. There's, never mind all the, the opportunities it opens up for potential clients making money. There's there's that whole side to it, but I don't want to talk, want to talk about that because if that's your, you know, uh, motivation for writing, you might not write something as good as if you just write for the, the sheer love of it, you know. So uh, until we speak again, uh, we're going to do one more uh, podcast on writing, which I'll, I'll tell you about next time. Uh, just take one thing, you know, say, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do some poems or I'm going to do a blog. But even if you don't do that, you know, even if you're still a bit scared and you're not ready to pick up that pen or the phone, don't worry. Just know this, somebody somewhere loves you very much, just as you are. Okay, take care and speak soon. So today's random fact is brilliant, right? If you're writing, you can experience both of these. Writer's cramp, did you know? It's called mogigraphia. Mogigraphia, can't even say it. So it's when your hand hurts from too much time on your phone or writing. And the second one is, if you have writer's block, where you can't think of ideas, it's called calligraphia, right? So just a bit of a heads up. You're gonna run out of ideas at some point and your hands are gonna hurt. Don't worry about it, they're standard things. Keep going.